bless us with your presence here this morning. We appreciate everyone taking the time and the opportunity to be here to worship God in the truth and in the spirit and to sing songs of praise unto our God. It's a wonderful time that we can gather together on the first day of the week. I appreciate everybody singing those songs. Those songs were designed, so to speak. Those songs were picked out as, as songs about communion, as songs about the Lord's Supper. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. As we've been going throughout our lessons this month, we've been talking about the things that we do together. That as we talked about those, uh, the, contra- the contribution there, as we give on the first day of the week, and, and, and we do that together. That when, we, that when we come together, we have teaching and we have, have preaching that happens here in the assembly, and we do that together. As we talked about last, uh, last Sunday, we talked about praying is how we are here to pray together. And this morning, we're talking about the Lord's Supper, and that is something that we do together. That there is certainly a, a personal focus that needs to happen, and I appreciate Franklin's prayer this morning because he talked about focusing on Jesus Christ focusing on our Lord and Savior, focusing on what he has done for us and his body and his blood and his death on the cross. And that's what I want us to do this morning is focus on Jesus Christ and focus on this Lord's Supper. As you can tell, I've moved this table here. One of the reasons was I think one of my girls was like, I'm not sure what it says right there. It says, in remembrance of me. So I moved it down there so y'all can see it, so y'all can read it, and so we can have that focus the entire morning on the Lord's Supper that it is extremely important, it is something that is necessary for us as Christians that we should, that, that we should, that we should do. I'm going to have all the verses up here on the board this morning. We're going to be reading from the King James Version this morning, and I want us to, uh, to look at not only is it important, not only why we should do it, but how we should do it, because that is important, and there's, there's scriptures in here that address that situation, and I want us to talk about that this morning. You know, the Bible has here in, in, in Matthew, Mark, and, and, and Luke, three, three different accounts where Jesus Christ institutes the Lord's Supper. And I want us to look at each one of those and see what we can take from each one of those accounts and see how that's going to apply to not only our lesson, but our lives as we focus on the Lord's Supper. You know, here in Matthew chapter 26, this is right after uh, Jesus and, and the disciples went up to the upper room. And they, and, and, they, and they took that Passover. And immediately following that, Jesus says this and he institutes this. Now, one of the things I want us to remember is these, these disciples of his are together. They are there with Jesus together. They are assembled there together. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until, I, until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So this is where Jesus, he says he takes that bread and he blesses it just as we do. He takes that bread, he blesses it, and he, he says, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Then it says there in verse 28, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. And I want you to hold on to that word, the New Testament, or the New Covenant. He's saying, what I am instituting here, what I am pouring out to you here, this is the New Testament, and it's in my blood. And it says, this blood is for the remission of sins. You know, when we are baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when we are buried with him in baptism, that's when we come in contact with the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the blood that washes us from our sins. And he is saying here, this cup is the same blood. So think about that as, as we go through that lesson and see if you can see the importance of this Lord's Supper. 
You know, in Mark chapter 14, we have that same account here. Mark chapter 14, verse 22, the Bible says, And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them in verse 24, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verse 25, Verily I say unto you, I will drink it no more. I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. So we have that same thing. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. And Jesus Christ's blood is everything. Our Lord and Savior came and he died on that cross. He was crucified on that cross and he shed his blood so that we would have remission of sins. And that is shed for many. And he's saying here, this cup is that blood. This cup is the blood of the New Testament, of the New Covenant. In Luke chapter 22, we had that, that account one more time here. In Luke chapter 17, the Bible says, <clears throat> in Luke chapter 22, excuse me, Luke chapter 22, verse 17, the Bible says, And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 20, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, The cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. You can probably get the emphasis or what I'm wanting us to focus on this morning. He says there, the, the fruit of the vine, and we have the fruit of the vine here this morning. And he also says, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And understand that, that when our Lord and Savior went to that cross, and he was nailed to that cross, and he was beaten, and he had a, a crown of thorns twisted upon his head, and all that suffering that he went to, he said, my body was given. As, t as Tim said last Sunday, he let that happen. He let that happen for you and I so that we would have that opportunity to partake of him, that we would have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven and remission of sins. And, and it says there one more time, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for many. So as, we, we, as we see these different accounts, understand there that they are together. Jesus is teaching them. He's instituting something that, that is necessary, that needs to be done. And it says there that this is my blood of the New Testament, it is the blood of the new covenant, it is the blood of the new contract. If you look up that word testament, you look up that word covenant in the Strong's, it means contract. It's like this is the contract, this is the covenant, this is the testament that we are under. And we want to be in the New Testament, do we not? We want to be in that new covenant and be a part of that new contract. He said this is it, this supper, partaking of this body and partaking of this blood that you are in that contract, you are in that new covenant, and you are in that New Testament. But for us to be in there, Jesus had to die. You know, if you, re if you recall on Wednesday nights, we went through the whole book of John, and one of those things in the book of John is, is that we, we talked about is that Jesus Christ told his disciples, like, it is necessary for me to go away. And they may not have thought of that because they had Jesus Christ right with them. And he said, it is necessary for me to leave, for me to go be crucified, and for me to die so that you have this. That you had that New Testament, you had that New Covenant. And that's what we want. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, speaking on this, it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, the Bible says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by the blood, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For the blood of bulls and goats, or for the blood of bulls and of goats. And the ashes of a heifer sprinkled, the unclean sanctified to the purifying of, of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience 
from dead works to serve the living God. Now, we're going to get to the point about physical and spiritual here in just a moment, but I hope these verses are already making you understand and think that this is a spiritual feast. It's not a physical feast. It says here that how much more the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, during the old law, they had that blood of bulls and goats, and they had, they had the ashes uh, of a heifer, and they would sprinkle that blood all over the altar, and it would roll everybody's sins over. And it says now we have the blood of the perfect spotless lamb. That blood was on the cross, and it was crucified. That way we would have that eternal redemption for us. Jesus Christ did that for us. It says how much more the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit. It says to purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. We serve the living God, and we have the opportunity to serve the living God because of Jesus Christ, because of his sacrifice, his body, his blood that was spilled on the cross of Calvary. And that's what he is talking about, and he is instituting here this morning. Continuing on in, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, the Bible says, And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the re re redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, and that's the old law, that which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Skipping on to verse 22 in Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, the Bible says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Jesus Christ had to shed his blood on that cross so that we would have remission of sins. And it says here that by doing that, he's become the mediator of the New Testament. Now, brothers and sisters, we're not going to go talk about the old law today, but you want to be a, a part of the New Testament. You want to be part of the new covenant, not the old law. And that's done away. That was nailed to the cross because of what Jesus did. So I'm trying to emphasize the importance of this Lord's Supper, the importance of this body, the importance of this fruit of the vine, this cup, this blood that he is telling them to do. Now, there's, there's many people that don't do this on the, on the first day of the week, and some people don't do it at all. It is extremely important. It's about eternal life. This is a salvation issue. That's what this is. That if we talk about the Lord's Supper, it is extremely of the utmost importance, and that is absolutely necessary for any Christian to partake of the Lord's Supper. That when he's talking about it, he's talking about eternal life. He's talking about the New Testament. He's talking about the new covenant that we are under, and part of that is us being here on the first day of the week to partake of the bread and the fruit of the vine, that is Jesus Christ's body and Jesus Christ's blood. It's about the mediator, about the New Testament, about that eternal life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to talk more, more about that later on here in our lesson this morning. But I appreciate Brother John reading 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17 through, 8, uh, through, 17 through 34. We're going to go through all, all, all those verses this morning. So as we get to our main text this morning, we, we want to remember that those Corinthians were having some problems. And those Corinthians were having problems that I'm going to get to that we don't have those problems. But he does correct them and tells them how they should partake of the Lord's Supper and why it is important. And why if it's not done right, what happens? And I want us to talk about that because it's very applicable for us this morning as we talk about the Lord's Supper. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17, through 18, the Bible says, Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. So what I want us to understand first is that what, what Paul is doing here is I'm going to give you some instructions. And the instructions that I am giving you are necessary and needful. So I'm going to declare unto you the things that you're doing wrong. But one of the things it says that, that first of all, when you come together in the church... So one of the things that the Corinthians were doing is they were coming together as a church. They were assembling together. 
But then when they got to the Lord's, Lord's Supper, they got it all wrong. And, we, and we're going to talk about that this morning. But when was the church getting together? It says here that the church came together to partake of the Lord's Supper is what he, he's going to get to. What I want to understand is that we have an example of the first day of the week. In Acts chapter 20, verse 7, the Bible says, Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread... Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. As we've been going through these sermons here on Sunday mornings, we've been talking about the things that we do when we assemble together. I think it's pretty much been established that we should understand that's the first day of the week. And we get that. Here we are on the first day of the week, gathered together in the church, assembled together in the church. And it says, on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread. That's the Lord's Supper. When they came together to partake of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, it says that Paul preached unto them, which is what John talked about on his Sunday, talking about preaching, talking about edifying and things of that nature, and we do that together. If you recall from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, where Monty spoke on, on, on the contribution, that wording there is the same upon the first day of the week, lay by in store. So I want us just to make sure that we are clear and that we are understand these people are gathering together on the first day of the week to partake of the Lord's Supper. On the first day of the week when the disciples came together. Back to our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 19, the Bible says, For there must also, excuse me, for there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together, therefore, into the place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have ye not houses to eat and, and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as he's giving these instructions, he's declaring these things to this church here. He says, when you come together, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. And at first, they're reading this letter, they're thinking, well, yeah, that's what we're doing. He says, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. Is that every one of you has their own supper. He says, everyone taketh his own supper. Do we do that this morning? No, we have this one feast here this morning. They were taking their own supper, and they were eating, and they were filling their bellies. And it says some were drunken. It says, have you not houses to eat or drink in? A hold on to that thought, because I'm going to come back to that. And we're going to talk about that this morning as well. It says, or despise ye the church of God. That's, that's the kicker there. He says, do you despise the church of God? He says, are you taking this seriously? Are you doing this correctly? It says, it's not about everybody having their own feast. It's not about the physical body. It's about the spiritual body. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, one chapter before that, and if you really want to study this issue, I encourage you to study all of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as well, because he's leading into 11 here and talking about this issue. But it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14 through 17, the Bible says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. We are all partakers of that one bread. Said so the cup of blessing, is it not the communion with the Lord? Is it not the fellowship, was what that word means, with Jesus Christ? The, the bread that, that we have, is it not the, the communion or the fellowship of the body of Jesus Christ? It says here, for we being many are one bread, one body, and we all partakers of that one bread. It's not about each individual feast. We're not bringing our own individual lunches here this morning. Because it's not about the physical. 
And that's what they were thinking about. You know, and I also highlighted there, dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. You got to understand that the church at Corinth came from idolatry. <clears throat> so they've got some issues here. So they've got some things that I think are creeping over into the church and some things that they are doing <clears throat> that are not right. Backing up in, in our uh, text in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if I back up for, for a moment here, where, where it's, it says, <clears throat> What, have you not houses to eat in or despise you the church of God and shame them that have not? There were different people in the church, just like there are today. And there's some that probably didn't have the food to eat. And they're eating a, a meal, but it's not a meal. It's not a physical meal. It's a spiritual meal that we're going to talk about this morning. It says, this is, this is the blessing, this is the cup of communion, this is the bread of communion, and we all partake of the same bread, the same fruit of the vine, we're all par- partakers of Jesus Christ. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, the Bible says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. One of the interesting facts as as I was studying this is, is when you read verse 23, where it says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. See, when he established this church at Corinth, this is not what they were doing. They weren't doing the Lord's Supper that way. He established these things. The first day of the week is the spiritual feast. It is the body and the bread of Jesus Christ. But somewhere along the way, the Corinthians got lost. They were still gathering on the first day of the week. They still had bread and fruit of the vine, but they were not doing what they were supposed to do. And, and, and he says there, I've already delivered these things to you. And he delivers them again. He's like reminding them of the instructions that they should have. And it says there in verse 26 that, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. That means you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That you show the Lord's death. You proclaim the Lord's death. That we are children of God and Jesus Christ is our Savior. And he is the one who died for our sins. Therefore, we are going to proclaim him. We're going to partake of this bread and partake of this blood showing that we are his and he is our Lord and Savior. Till he comes and he has not come yet. So here we are, the first day of the week, to partake of the Lord's Supper. As I talked about, the Corinthians had a problem with this eating. They were all taking meals, they were getting drunk, and they were having food. You know, the entire time that I have gone to this church, ever since I started dating Miranda, and she brought me here, I have never seen this. I have never seen this be an issue. We did not have several different people eating meals and getting full and all these things. It's not an issue for us because I think we understand that it is a spiritual feast. You know, the Bible talks about this in John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, Jesus is speaking to a group of Jews here. He's speaking to these Jews and he's trying to give them spiritual instructions. He's trying to tell them what they should do. And he tells them, you should eat of my flesh and drink my blood. And if you studied the old law any, or even before the old law with Noah after the flood, you can't do that. You can't eat somebody's flesh and drink their blood, and it's a little confusing. Is it because it's physical body and physical blood? You know, when Jesus was there with the disciples, he didn't offer them his body and his flesh. He had bread and he had fruit of the vine. It says here in John chapter 6, verse 52, The Jews therefore strove amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, 
and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Verse 54, whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is being indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. No, he says there, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood hath eternal life. Does that not emphasize the importance here? That those that partake of this bread, because it's not his flesh, it's not his blood, it's a spiritual feast, it's a spiritual bread and spiritual fruit of the vine, that those that partake of that have eternal life. We want eternal life. That many times when we are baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and we arise to walk in newness of life, we are that, that Christian. What's the very next thing that we do for that person? We make sure that they have the bread and the fruit of the vine. Why? Because it's very important. Because it is a salvation issue. Jesus said, if you don't do this, you don't have eternal life. It says, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Do we want to be dwelling in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Do we want to be in Jesus Christ? Well, to be in Jesus Christ, you are baptized, and on the first day of the week, you partake of the bread and of the fruit of the vine, of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not a physical feast. You know, continuing on there in John chapter 6, skipping down to verse 63, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 63, the Bible says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Skipping to verse 67, then Jesus said unto the twelve, will you go also? Because some of those people left. It was too hard for them to deal with. They couldn't see the spiritual feast. They were thinking about the physical feast. And Jesus said, are you guys going to go away too? Because many people left after Jesus started teaching this thing. Verse 68, and Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe that and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of, of the living God. It says here, he says, the flesh profiteth nothing. And if you just think logically, what we have here right here, this is not food for the flesh. It's not enough food for the flesh. We understand that. He said, the words that I'm speaking unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Partaking of Jesus' body and Jesus' blood is spirit and life. And we want life. We want eternal life. And this is part of that partaking of this fruit of the vine, and partaking of this body, this bread. It says, thou hast the words of eternal life. Jesus is instituting this to his disciples. Jesus has the words of eternal life, and he says, do this in remembrance of me. Remembering what he taught, remembering what he did, remembering what he instituted, remembering him hanging on the cross, remembering him being beaten and being crucified for you and for me. It is a spiritual feast, not a physical feast, and it has nothing to do with our snack and yak. And I use the term snack and yak because I like snack and yak. That's what we do a lot. We have a snack and yak, right? We have a meal. Even if it's right after services on the second Sunday, we have a second Sunday luncheon. Can we do that? Yes, we can. But he said to those people at Corinth, don't you have houses to eat in? Their issue is not an issue that we have. Their problem was they were feeding their bellies and feeding their physical self and not feeding their spiritual self. They had the whole Lord's Supper wrong. Do we have that problem? No, we've never had the entire time that I've gone here. So he was telling them to make sure that you go eat there so you don't have that issue, so you don't have that problem. He's talking to them about their spiritual feast. But th think about this. For one, they were getting it wrong. 
They were worried about the flesh, and they were eating those meals. They were making sure that they were snacking and yakking and not focusing, as we talked about in our prayer, not focusing on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, not discerning the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. We're going we're to get to those verses here in a moment. There's nothing wrong with a Christ, Christians gathering together to have a meal. Nothing wrong with that. This is a spiritual feast, not a physical feast. They are separate things, and I want to make sure that we understand that. This is a spiritual feast, not a physical feast. First Corinthians chapter 11, continuing on there in our text, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27, the Bible says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthingly shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eating and eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. <clears throat> so here's a real big issue. Are we partaking of the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner? Now, the church at Corinth were not. It's very clear. And that's what Paul's doing. Paul's just trying to get them back on track. He's giving them those, those instructions. And it says, he who, who, who eateth and drinketh unworthily are guilty of the body and blood of, of the Lord. And we don't want to be guilty. We want to be worthy as we partake of this Lord's Supper. And this says, let a man examine himself. What does that mean? Examine yourself. Before you partake of that bread, are you examining what happened the week before? Are you examining some of the bad things that you did? I don't think that's what that's teaching. It says, examine yourself and make sure that you are focused on Jesus Christ. It says, he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, it says here that not discerning the Lord's body. What does that mean, not discerning the Lord's body? When we partake of the Lord's Supper, what are you thinking about? What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on where you're going to go eat lunch? Are you focusing on what you need to do when you get home about mowing the yard and things like that? Or are you focused on Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and his suffering that he went on that cross for you and I? Are you discerning the Lord's body? Are you thinking about the Lord? Because guess what? He is your all in all. He is everything to you. And this is a time that we focus our hearts and our minds on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So as we think about that church at Corinth, guess what? They weren't doing it in a worthy manner. They were focused on the fleshly self. They were worried about that by eating these meals and getting drunk, as a matter of fact. We don't have that problem. But I want us to think about this this morning. How can we partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner? We don't have the same problem as them, but is it possible for us to do it in an unworthy manner? I believe it is. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 17, the Bible says, Ye hypocrites, and this is Jesus talking about the Pharisees, but, uh, but bear with me for a moment. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, These people draw nigh with me, they draw nigh unto me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines of commandments of men. Now, we are not teaching the doctrine for commandments of men. We're not doing that. But where is your heart when you're partaking of the Lord's Supper? Are you thinking about Jesus Christ hanging on that cross, suspended between heaven and earth, having his blood spilled and his body being ripped and torn? Are you focused on that when you're partaking of the Lord's Supper? Are you focused on Jesus Christ? Where is your heart when you partake of the Lord's Supper? Because if our heart is not focused on Jesus, if our heart is not focused on that sacrifice, that body and that blood, then we are partaking of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, and then we are guilty. That is a very serious issue, brothers and sisters. 
The Lord's Supper, as we've talked about, is about eternal life. It is a salvation issue, and we should be doing it in a worthy manner. We don't have to worry about that Corinthian thing, about eating meals and all that kind of stuff. But we do need to be focused. And we also need to be focused on each other as well. Because as I said, this is something that we do together. It's not something that we do separately. We, we do it separately, and you want to make that connection with Jesus Christ. This is that communion, that fellowship with Jesus. It's important to have that communion, to have that connection. But we're also here together, doing the same thing together as a family and a body of Christ. It's very important that we think on each other, or we think on Jesus Christ, but we are also focused on making sure that everybody else is taken care of in this Lord's Supper. And we do that. If we have someone down in the nursery, we need to make sure that we go down to the nursery. All of us need to make sure that we partake of this feast, and we need to make sure that we are focused on taking care of other people as well. And we're going to talk more about that here in just a moment. But where is your heart? Is it far from Jesus or is it near? Because this is a time where it should be of the utmost near, if that's a word, of G- to Jesus Christ and his body and his blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30 here, the Bible says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when, ye, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. So in verse 31 and, and 32, what he's saying is, is that you need to focus, that we need to make sure that we are doing it, it, it correctly. And it says here, but when we are judged, we are judged in a manner that is trying to correct us. That Paul here in teaching these things is saying that I'm, you're, if you're being judged on doing something wrong, I am telling you about it. And the Lord is chasing you so that you get back on track so that you're not condemned with the world. Because Paul, as he's teaching this church at Corinth, does not want them to be condemned with the world. He wants them to get back on track. And that's what he's teaching them. But he's also emphasizing that since they are doing it wrong, since they are not focused on Jesus Christ, that many are weak, many are sick, and many sleep. And that word sleep means dead. And I believe it means spiritually dead. He's saying, you guys, since you are not doing the Lord's Supper the way you're supposed to, since you are not discerning the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, many are weak and sick among you and sleep. The church at Corinth, they had these giant feasts, and they were filling themselves. And then some people weren't even getting anything to eat. So think about it this way. If we partake of the Lord's Supper, and we don't have enough, and only this side of the church gets to have it. What happens to this side of the church? We're sorry, we don't have any more. Better luck next time. What's going to happen? You're going to get spiritually weak. You're going to get spiritually sick. You're going to be spiritually asleep. And then next Sunday, oh, we only have enough for this side, and we don't have enough for, for this side. Better luck next time. What do you think is going to happen? Brothers and sisters are going to become weak Christians. I guarantee you, if we ran out of bread and we ran out of fruit of the vine, one of us would be up going and getting some more as quick as possible. If there's none here, one of us might get in the car and go find some something. We would make sure that's taken care of because this is about eternal life. It's about Jesus Christ and his suffering and his sacrifice. It's something that we do on the first day of the week. That's what was happening there at the church at Corinth, that some people weren't even getting the Lord's Supper. They were doing it wrong, but they weren't even getting it anyway. So think about that. If we are together and we are not partaking of this Lord's Supper in a worthy manner, then you're going to be a sick, weak Christian if you are not focused on Jesus Christ, if you're not focused on his body and his blood. We don't have to worry about nobody getting some. We'll make sure everybody gets some. But are you taking it in a worthy manner? Because if not, it's dangerous. 
weak, sickly Christians. We don't want that. We want this whole congregation to be strong together in partaking of the Lord's Supper. Now, I know this is verse 34. I'm going to flip to 34, and I'm going to come back to 33. You're like, wait, Justin, you messed your slides up. No, I'm going to do 34 and then verse 33. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 34, the Bible says, And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest I will set in order when I come. He's saying, I'm giving you instructions. Make sure that you take care of this, and when I come, I'm going to give you more instructions. I'm going to set more, more things in order because that's what the apostle needs to do. And he says there once again, talking about the same issue that we talked about earlier, if any man is hungry, let him eat at home. Why did he tell them that? Why did he tell the church at Corinth that? Because they had a problem with that. It was an issue for them. He said, when you come together, it's not about feeding your bellies. It's about feeding your spirit. So if that's an issue for you, eat at home. Get your bellies full before you come and gather here together. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, it says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Provision for the flesh is like, don't make an opportunity for you to sin. Don't make an opportunity for your flesh to have an issue. And that's what Paul is teaching these, this church at Corinth. If it's a problem and you can't deal with having to have that food and have that drink, well, go do it at home. Don't do it when you come together as an assembly because this is about spirit. It's a spiritual feast. As we talked about an unworthy manner, if we partake of this without discerning the Lord's body, without focusing on Jesus Christ, if there's some thing or issue in your mind that say, leave that at home, leave that at the door. You got something going on, you got maybe a financial issue or whatever your issue is, or you got something that's going on that makes it hard to focus. Put that outside this place. Put that outside this assembly as you are together and focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on his body. Focus on his blood. Make not provision for the flesh. That's, why, that's what he was teaching them. So if that's an issue for you, make sure that you fill your bellies at home so you don't have to worry about it when you get here and you can focus on that spiritual feast. The same for us. Whatever mental block that you've got where it's hard for you to focus on Jesus Christ, figure it out and leave it outside those doors. <laughs> Now here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 33, here the Bible says, Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. That word tarry means wait one for another. Consider one another. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25, the Bible says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. As we talked about this whole month, it's about togetherness, that we are together. And it says here that when you come together, wait on each other. And here in a moment, we're going to have this feast, this spiritual feast, and there's going to be men come up here that are going to wait on you. But consider each other, encourage each other, help each other, provoke each other unto love and to good works. And what I want to take from that is that when we are assembled together, we are stronger together than we are apart. And I think we've talked about that some. When we are partaking of the Lord's Supper, if we are doing it together, it is stronger than if we are doing it alone. Be here together. Because when the church gathers together, it is to partake of the Lord's Supper. And if you're not here, you're not getting that full benefit of us being together and partaking of the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> At this time, we are going to partake of that Lord's Supper. <clears throat> those that are going to help wait on the table would ask that you would go ahead and please please come forward at this time we're going to partake of the uh, of the lord's supper we have here the bread we have here the, the fruit of the vine and we sang songs this morning 
Now, here's one thing that I, I want us to, to think on as we talked about how we should focus on Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior, how we should focus on his body and his blood. One of the things that we could do is we sang some beautiful songs about amazing love, about a wonderful Savior, how deep the Father's love for you and I, that he would send his son to die on the cross. Focus on those words. Focus on the words of those songs that we partake of the Lord's Supper. I have these verses up here, and I'm going to leave these verses up here as we, as, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, that we discern the Lord's body, that we focus our hearts and our minds on Jesus Christ, and that we focus on this bread and this sacrifice. One of the things that you can do is you can think on Jesus Christ, his body, him being spat upon, him being hit, him being mocked, him being slapped, him dragging a heavy cross up to Calvary and being crucified. And telling, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's your Savior. That's Jesus Christ. Focus on that as we partake of the Lord's Supper, that we are doing it in a worthy manner, that we are discerning the Lord's body. And we have here, just like Jesus had there, this bread that he says, take this bread, bless it, and this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And it's not just remembering who Jesus Christ is, remembering all those things that Jesus Christ has done and that he is still doing for you today. And that's Brother Lonnie, if you would, to ask a blessing upon the bread. Amen. As we just read that those who partake of this bread and partake of this fruit of the vine have eternal life. That this fruit of the vine represents the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the blood that was spilt on the cross of Calvary, that is for the remission of our sins. This blood is the New Testament, the new covenant in his blood. And at this time, we'd ask you to humble yourself in some manner again as we ask Brother Jason Martin to ask a blessing upon the cup. Was there anyone overlooked in the passing of the bread and the fruit of the vine? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus Christ despised, he, he, he was despised and shamed. He endured the cross and sat down on the right hand of God. That it wasn't joyous at that moment, but the joy was that we would have the opportunity to be saved, that we would have the opportunity to have our sins washed away, that we would have the opportunity to partake of this fruit of the vine and, 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 and this bread. And at this time, this concludes the, uh, the uh, Lord's Supper. Also, at, at this time, as we've talked about on the, upon the first day of the week, is another duty and a privilege for us as Christians that we lay by in store what God has prospered us with, that we are blessed far beyond our basic needs, and this is a time where we can give back to the Lord, that the work of the church can continue, that the gospel can be spread, and that things that can be done that need to be done can be done through the giving back of what God has blessed us with. And we'd ask Brother Caleb, if you would, to ask a blessing upon the offering. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> At this time, we would like to offer an, 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 an invitation. That as, as we've looked at the Lord's Supper and we've looked about how we are supposed to partake of that Lord's Supper this morning, if you're not a Christian this morning and you wish to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we have this water here. It is still upon the first day of the week. We have water here where we can baptize you. You can be arise and walk in that, that, that life of that new Christian. You could be that, that Christian that gets to partake of this bread and this fruit of the vine. There's still bread here and there's still fruit of the vine. That if you wish to be baptized right after that, we are, we are able to, to serve you in that capacity as well. If you are a Christian and there's some things that you are going through, some issue that you're having, if there's anything that we can do for you or that we can help you, we would love to help you. We would love to pray for you and with you. If, if there's anyone of either class, that, that, would you please come forward and sit on this front row as we stand and we sing. Me home.
calling today, calling today. Sunshine of love will thou roam farther and farther.